I'm Courtney Moore, and you're listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Radical Radiance Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca George, and I am so excited about today's conversation all about chapter seven of Do the Thing. And I have invited my friend Courtney Moore on to the show today. She is the founder of Women in Work and author of the book by the same title. And she was the perfect person to chat all about chapter seven, illuminating the talent around you. We had such a rich conversation that I cannot wait to share with you. You're going to love her. So help me welcome my new friend, Courtney, to the show. Courtney, I am so excited to welcome you to Radical Radiance. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so honored to be a guest on your show, and I am so pumped to get to know you, and I'm so excited for your book, and just congratulations as your sister in Christ out here in West Texas. Mm. So happy to be here, and so happy to really to partner with you in ministry today. Yeah, me too. I love when the Lord does this. We said this before we hit record, but I don't know how we became Facebook friends, but we were somehow connected online and you were so kind to comment on uh, some pictures that we had posted about my launch party. And I remember going to your profile and thinking, oh, okay, wow, we are running in really similar lanes I feel like the Lord has given us both just this passion for coming alongside women who just want to use their gifts and talents to the glory of God and having conversations and writing resources about what that looks like biblically. And so I just had a couple spots left in this series that we're doing. And I thought, okay, here we go. I'm going to invite Courtney to come into one of these conversations that we're having about each individual chapter of Do the Thing. Today, we will be discussing chapter seven, which is titled Illuminating the Talent Around You, all about community, all about walking alongside um, our fellow sisters in Christ as they use their gifts and talents to the glory of God. And we do the same. And so... I'm super excited about the couple of passages that we're going to be walking through at the beginning of the episode. So as we have in every other one of these episodes, we've pulled a couple of passages that we mention in the chapter or unpack in the chapter to talk about a little bit. And the first one that we're going to unpack today is in Galatians 6. It's verses 1 through 10, which is a little bit of a longer passage, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it for us. And it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So I wonder, as I read that passage, Courtney, and we think about community and walking alongside our fellow sisters in Christ as they are using their gifts and talents to the glory of God, how does that passage encourage you 
to sow seeds faithfully into the lives of the women around you? When I read this passage about reaping, sowing and reaping, I my mind goes to several different things. One is um, back in Matthew chapter 13, when he when Jesus talks about the parable of the soils, right? Mm-hmm. And he talks about throwing out the gospel seed, and you're just you're just throwing that seed out. You're sowing that seed, and you don't have, you really don't know what kind of soil it is that you are throwing it onto. Um, and even this weekend, I was on a plane flying back home from an event we were at, and had the opportunity to share the gospel with um, actually a soldier. And you know, I thought, I don't know, this guy. He feels like I feel like the enemy is going to come and snatch this seed, right? And so I think about that. And then I also think about um, the verse that says, when you um, sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. And so I want to be a woman who who sows abundantly, who throws yeah. seed, who lifts others up abundantly so that I will one day reap an abundant harvest as well. And um, even in high school, kind of my heart, the heartbeat, I feel like the Lord really gave me from a young age was the um, example of Caleb. Do you remember back in Numbers 14, when the spies went to, um, they went to spy out the land, the promised land. And, you know, they were to come back and bring a report of, is this a good land or is it not? And they all came back and they were very fearful. They didn't want to go forward with what God had called them to. They didn't want to go forward in faith. But Caleb came back and it says in Numbers 14, 24, um, God says, but since my servant Caleb has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he has gone and his descendants will inherit the land. And I feel like from a young age, the Lord put that, just put that in my heart to just, man, I want to be, I want the Lord to look at me and say, you know what? She is following me fully. She has a different spirit about her and she is willing to throw seed. She is willing to, to Mm -hmm. sow, to, to put the ministry out there. And whether that's to non-believers and you're sharing the gospel or that's your sisters in Christ where you're lifting them up and you're encouraging them and you're calling out their gifts. I want to be, I want the Lord to look at me and say, I have found her to be faithful. She has used her voice to love and to, to serve. And I just pray, I I think back about the harvest of Matthew 13, you know, he says that um, you're, you're planting the seed and you don't know where, what kind of soil it is, but depending on the soil and depending on the water that comes and nourishes that seed around it, some will some won't grow at all, right? You won't. Sometimes you won't see the fruit from that, uh, depending on where that land. And then other times you will see a, a, a yield of 30, 60, or 100. And so I feel like, you know, as we are women serving other people, it's let's be faithful yeah. to, to sow and we're going to leave the harvest up to the Lord. And I just pray. I just continue to ask and ask and ask, God, make this a fruit that is a hundred times make this, mm-hmm. give me that 100 fold for your namesake. Lord, I want to be that, that servant that follows you fully, who has a different spirit and Lord may my ministry, um, the words I speak, the work that I do and those around me find life in you because somehow he's graced me to speak it and give it and, and lift yeah. them up. So that's really, really my heart. Um, I love the metaphor of sowing and reaping, but it's really all, it's all of the Lord. It's all of the spirit. That's right. Um, we can't work it up. You know, we just have yeah. to be faithful to give it and then let the Lord bring the the yield. Psst. Did you know that my debut book, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl is available wherever you like to buy books? I wrote it, well, I wrote it just for you, friends. So if you are ready to see your gifts and talents from a gospel-centered perspective, prioritize goals related to your calling as you move forward with gumption and grace, 
maximize your passions in the work you do every day, actively partner with God to serve him and love others, and overcome negative thought patterns so you can brainstorm, develop, and create with the confidence of a go-getter girl. If that sounds like you, then I want you to order today at the link in the show notes below. Each chapter includes prayer prompts, scripture for further study, questions for reflection, action steps to move your goal forward, and accompanying videos for individual or small group discussion. So grab a friend or 12 and let's use God's word as our compass to do the thing. After all, if not now, when? One of my greatest joys is having the opportunity to come share God's Word at women's events, retreats, and conferences. I'm booking speaking engagements for this year and next year and would love to chat with you about your church's next event. Shoot me an email at hello at radicalradiance.live to start a conversation today. Yeah, you saying that reminded me of a quote in the book that says, the outcome is his. Right. It's not all up to us. It's not all on us. We get to partner with God and how he desires for us to use our gifts and talents for his glory. But the obedience is ours. Right. Like when we sense from God, like this is where you would have me to sow seeds in this season. The outcome is his, but the obedience is ours. And I think that's it when we think about sowing seeds. So I I I love that. Sometimes when we push for an outcome, I don't know if you've ever done this. <laughs> no, or I've something. never done that, Courtney. <laughs> We're like, Not you once. Really, you want this outcome, you know? Yeah. And it's like the harder you push, if that's in the flesh, I mean, he's just yeah. not going to be honored. And it's just like, I feel like you even more quickly hit a wall. So it's just like, Lord, and don't I'm you stepping know in, in your, faith here. Don't you know in your heart when you're doing that? You know, I it's do. so sad. It's so sad, right? Yeah. It's just like, I don't want this to be of me because you know yes. it's not going to yield an eternal fruit. It'll be a short-term yes. fruit, maybe, if it's even short-term. Uh, but it definitely won't be that eternal fruit that will take our crown off and lay before Jesus and say, yes. you did this through me for your sake. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, while we're here, there's a quote from the book that I think is really helpful. This is something my husband says all the time as it pertains to this, these couple of passages we've talked about of sowing, and it's this, you will reap what you sow, you will reap more than you sow, and you'll reap in a different season than you sow. And there's a lot in that, but I think all of those statements can be true um, as we look to what happens when we sow seeds, right? We know that we typically will reap more than we sow. We know that we'll reap, um, just in a different season than we sow. Sometimes we get to see the fruit of our sowing this side of heaven, which is a beautiful gift from the Lord. And many times we don't, right? Like I know for the work that you and I do, sometimes it's hard to, to know, man, like, is, is God using this? Is it resonating? And, and sometimes God gives us those beautiful glimpses of that. Um, but we know that some of that fruit we won't see until heaven. Right. And so what comes up in you? Like, as I read that, how does that resonate with you? I think that first line you said, you will reap what you sow. I mean, that goes back to the Galatians passage. I think that it's, hope-filled, but I also take it as a warning, um, depending on am I sowing in the spirit or am I sowing in the flesh, right? Mm -hmm. And whether that's 
you know, I'm sowing seeds of ministry or I'm sowing sinful seeds just to please myself in the moment, right? When I'm being idle or I'm just not being faithful. And so I take it both ways. Um, So I feel like it's a beautiful, it can be a really beautiful promise that the Lord sees us if we're sowing in the spirit. Like what an amazing promise that he's saying, listen, I see your work. And you're, you're doing it for me and I'm going to build it for you, right? I'm get, You're being faithful to me. I'm always faithful to you and he's going to have his way. And so I feel like that's really hope filled. Um, on the other hand, I think of, oh my gosh, I can think of the ways I'm just being undisciplined or I'm sowing to the flesh and sure. it's just, you know, I was like, oh no, I don't want to reap from that. You know, I don't want to reap yeah. uh, from the flesh. So I have to take that as a warning. I think it's really interesting. You will reap more than you sow. I mean, it really goes back to that, um, 30, 60, a hundredfold. Um, and the Lord, I also think about like John chapter three, I did, I think it is where, um, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, you know, we, that's the passage of John three sixteen. But when Jesus has gone to Nicodemus and, um, he says, listen, the, the wind blows where it will, the spirit blows where it will, and, and he will bring fruit just as he plans. So I think the Lord has an eternal purpose that, you know, most of the time we can't see. I mean, it's just like this podcast. We don't know all the women who are going to listen to this podcast. We don't know how some phrase is going to really hit some woman in just the right way. Um, So I think that he has an eternal purpose and we have to just trust him and believe, wow, he's going to do it. And I pray it'll be more than we sow, right? I pray there will be exponential fruit for it. And I think it's really interesting um, reaping in the different season than you sow. I think it's so true. I was just thinking back to my own life of people who have sown in my own life and how things get tucked away in my heart and in my mind. And it's just like, maybe in that moment, I can't act on that, but the Lord planted that seed in me and there'll be a day, you know, maybe you're in, maybe there are women listening today who are in a season of like preparation where you're learning and you're growing and you're reading and you're studying. And maybe your ministry is really only to your toddler, right? But you're growing and you're being faithful and the moms you connect with are, you know, you're loving on them and really trying to invest in those women. But you sense, whoa, okay, I think God is going to do something with me down the road. And so you, that doesn't mean that what you're sowing right now isn't important. Take those moments to learn and really press in because that time won't be wasted. He will actually use that as you lean on him and depend on his spirit. So mm-hmm. um, it w- might not be now, but it will be later um, as we trust in him. Yeah, that's so good. Well, the other passage that I wanted to mention that we talk about in this in this chapter is where the friends bring their paralytic friend to Jesus and he heals him. And this is one of my favorite friendship stories in scripture. It's so good. It's so good. And so I want to take a minute. It's a long passage, but for listeners coming to the conversation, just like take a deep breath and listen as I read this. Uh, it's Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? 
And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic. I say to you, Rise, take up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. So I wonder as I read that passage and just recount that story, how does that encourage you to seek deep-rooted community, to point other women in your life to Jesus? How does that encourage you? Well, I love it. There's one um, word in that passage that really stood out to me, and it's in verse 5. When Jesus and when Jesus saw their faith, it wasn't yeah. just the faith of the paralytic. It was really the faith of of his friends. He saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, "Son, your sins are forgiven." And I think that speaks so well um, to how much these friends love the paralytic man. I mean, they were willing to go the extra mile. And just to imagine, like this guy could not. He couldn't get there on his own. I mean, he was paralyzed. There was no way. Yeah. And then you have the crowd. And they really, really went to great lengths to love their friend. And they knew the answer was Jesus. And they were just like, how can we get, we're going to we're gonna do all we can because we love our friend and Jesus has the answer. And so I just love that. It was their faith. Jesus saw, he noticed mm-hmm. the friend's faith, not just the paralytics. So I think that's really sweet. And um, I know we all experience COVID for me. Um, we had just moved to El Paso, um, right before COVID began, like three months prior to, uh, the pandemic starting. And so, you know, when you move to a new city and it was very far from our home and our friends. So we were 1200 miles away, um, from our friends and family in Alabama. So when we moved out here, it was a huge leap of faith for us and to have everything shut down three months in, I mean, that's 12 weeks of barely getting to know people. Really, we did not have friends yet. We did not have community yet. Neither did my kids. I have three children. And so they had just started school, just barely making friends, us two at our church. And so um, it's pretty strict here in terms of uh, taking precautions for the virus. And so my kids ended up staying home that year from March all the way to Christmas. So that was just a super long time. Um, And we... It was the most isolating, lonely season. It was probably one of the hardest seasons of of our family's life. And I began to see, I've always, I I don't know about you, Rebecca, but it's like, you know, I'm friendly. I can make friends wherever I go. So I'm hardly, I mean, it's just easy for me. And so, but that season really showed me the necessity of having community um, because that isolation just depleted me. It just withered me. Um, and so I feel like in this story, sometimes we are the paralytic and sometimes we're the friends carrying the paralytic. And, um, I mean, I even go back to the scripture we read before, um, in Galatians that, you know, if anyone's caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual, restore him. You can, sometimes it might be you caught in the transgression or it might be that you are the spiritual one, depending on where you are. Um, and so I feel like when we are weak, we have to seek out friends. And that's what I've had to do in this city. I mean, I have asked yeah. the Lord 
God, will you give me friends, friends from church, friends from my kids' school, friends from, I, the Lord has brought me friends. I don't even know how I've connected with them in this city, um, Christian women, and some who are not, that I'm just intentionally getting to know and love mm-hmm. and enjoy their friendship and hopefully will we'll be able to share the gospel with them. But um, at other times though, we are the strong ones and we have to look around and we have to be very intentional because a lot of times our friends, if we're not super close with them, maybe they're not revealing all of their needs and how much they really, really need Mm. a listening ear. So if we can be intentional to look around and say, how can I lift this woman up? How can I encourage her? What, how can I go the extra mile? Like these friends of the paralytic did, uh, to bring her to Jesus. If it's bringing a meal when she didn't ask, dropping coffee off at the front door, you know, how can I love this woman um, when I'm strong, right? But then on the flip side, really when we're weak, having the courage to say, no, I, I really need you today. Can you come and mm. listen to me? Yeah, that is the perfect lead-in to where I was headed next because I don't know about you, Courtney, but it's real easy for me to make friends. It's real easy for me to love on other people and be the friends that carry the friend to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It is not so easy for me oftentimes. And I think for many of us as women to raise our hand and say, I need help and yeah. I'm going to make the brave choice to intentionally seek out community in this particular way. I wonder, as you think about that, do you relate to that too? And why do you think it's so hard for us? Yeah. I do think it's really hard, especially if we have a track record of the Lord's been faithful. I mean, he, we've just seen him yeah. come through and he's been strong on our behalf. It's really easy um, to to just be that person that you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, but at other times, though, I mean, I feel like, like I said, moving here has been a, it's been a time of weakness, even for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's difficult for us to ask for help because it really exposes our weaknesses. It exposes our vulnerability. And for us who know the Lord, we're like, no, 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 we're fine. He's going to be faithful. He's going Mm -hmm. to come through. Um, yes, he will. Those are true promises. You know, as we depend on him, he will definitely come through and he will definitely provide and give us everything we need. But that doesn't mean we don't need someone to help bear our burdens, to lean on, to help carry us, to pick us up. Um, And so I think that being vulnerable, letting our guard down, A, we have to have people that we really, really trust um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you mentioned you're a pastor's wife, so am I. I mean, it's really, um, you have to be careful. I mean, you just can't be exposing your soul (laughs) to untrustworthy women, you know? Um, So, and that's for all women, not just pastor's wives, but we all do. We just have to be wise. Um, yes. who are this, is this friend in a place where she can even carry this with me or is she yeah. so run down and depleted? She, this isn't going to serve her if I share this with her or is she strong enough right now where I sense like, okay, A, she's trustworthy and she's at a place in her life that this won't bog her down too much. And I, that's my problem. I tend to think, oh, I'm going to bother them. They just, you know, but that's not the case when I do share. It's like, oh, they're so happy that I shared. And then you know, they're there for me and um, pray for me and lift me up. But I feel like being vulnerable and asking for help, it's a sign of humility. And, um, you know, the Lord, he exalts those who are humble, right? And if we remain in our pride and we continue to go down, you can, I mean, we can really get ourselves in a dark place pretty fast um, if we're unwilling to to be humble enough to say, God, I need you to help me. And God, would you provide a woman, a friend, a mentor, 
uh, who's wise and who can bear this to kind of help me out of this or just give me wisdom yeah. from the scripture to take the next step um, and believe some hope in this situation. Yeah, that's so good. So, so good. And I can't fathom what that was like for you in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. I'm laying, I'm laying mm-hmm. the pandemic on top of also you guys were I'm putting two and two together that you were probably starting at a new church. Yes, definitely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I married my husband in 2019, May of 2019 and moved to a very small town in South Mississippi of about 12,000 people from East Tennessee. And so offline, we can talk about how I think we probably had a very similar pandemic experience, right? Of right. Learning how to navigate that. I was, kind of jumping into being for the first time me and my husband didn't really grow up in ministry together we got married Mm -hmm. a little later and so um I just related to everything (laughs) you're saying about the complexities and challenges of that it's right it's very real yeah it's very real yeah well there is one other piece of this chapter that I think it's so fun to think about and think about how we can be this for other people I recount at the beginning of the chapter um how Someone just sowed seeds and sowed seeds in me, um, and chose to do that in a way that they probably will maybe ne- maybe never even remember. And it's interesting to think back over some of those things that happen in our lives where we think, "Man, God really used that in my life," and that person probably doesn't even remember saying it. And it challenges me to do the same for others, right? And and I wonder as I say that, um, is is there something that's coming to mind for you where you think, oh, that was that was the case for me? And how does that encourage you to to be on the lookout for those opportunities in our own lives to be that for others? You know, it's a tough question because I feel like there are probably so many instances of that, right? Where someone will say just yeah. the right thing at the perfect time. But I think that one person um, that really, truly the Lord used in my life um, when, at a time I really needed it was actually our former pastor, we actually lived in Mississippi as well, and okay. um, our pastor, um, my husband was a small groups pastor at the church, and so okay. it was a very, very large church, and so um, he, the the lead pastor, we came there, and I was coming out of a season of, it was a, another pretty tough season, you're hearing about all my tough yeah. seasons, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> where like spiritually, I, just my faith was, it, I was very, I was in a really cynical place, um, kind of yeah. apathetic. And, um, his preaching, I, I I have shared with him, listen, but he really has no idea how the Lord used him in my life because Mm. through not only his preaching, but I think his combined, um, life matching his words is what really made the difference, right? It was, here's a man who's up there speaking the truth, um, that in the moment it was just like, gosh, that, thank you, Lord. It's just like the Lord just knew exactly what I needed. And here's this man just up there preaching it and saying, it was like water to my soul. Um, and to have that over an extended amount of time was, was just huge. And to see his life lived out, like I said, uh, just to have that integrity, um, was, was, it was just huge for me. And then not only to pull me out of that kind of dark place I was in spiritually, but I feel like his vision for ministry, it really gave me a vision for ministry in a new Mm. way because the church itself was very innovative. It was very forward thinking and women in work was really born out of women in work is my ministry. It's a nonprofit. 
um, was really born out of that season. And so I think if we had not been at that church, if he had not been our pastor, if he had not preached his words and had his life really match up with what he was preaching, um, it just wouldn't have, the the Lord just wanted that to work out. Um, and so not just for me spiritually, but I feel like really to bring about the ministry that he called me to. And so, um, so thanks, Chip Henderson. That's, that's such a beautiful <laughs> really, example. Um, huge, huge impact on my life, really. Yeah. I don't think so he good. knows how huge, but I, um, it Aww. really was huge. That's awesome. I love that so much. Well, one of the questions that we are asking in all of these episodes as we start to close is just thinking through the woman who's listening and she is a fellow go-getter girl who wants to be faithful and using her gifts and talents to advance the gospel and build God's kingdom, all of those things. What would be your best piece of advice for that girl who just desperately wants to see her calling from a gospel-centered perspective? So I have a verse that I love. We talk about it all the time at Women in Work, and it's Romans eleven thirty six. And if you're familiar with Romans, you know we've uh, chapter nine is um, pretty spicy in terms of um, it's pretty spicy. So you, your listeners can just go read chapter nine, and then we have chapter yep. ten, which is all about evangelism, and then chapter eleven gets there. And at the very end of chapter eleven. Um, it's just really like, who can understand the ways of God, right? His mind is so infinite, so huge. And then the last verse of that chapter says, um, for from him, through him and to him are all things to God be the glory forever. And then the very next verse after that last verse in chapter 11 is Romans 12, one, which we, you probably know, um, therefore, you know, my brothers and sisters, um, and it's a whole verse about um, offering our bodies as living sacrifices and how that yeah. is our act of, of worship. And so at, in our ministry, we love to think about all things coming from God, right? All things, mm-hmm. all things. And so we talk a lot about work because uh, we're women in work and how there is really no divide between the sacred and the secular. Like we tend to think we have ministry yeah. over here and then we have secular work over here. Um, but really we see from the scriptures, all things come from God. All things are from him. Um, all things are through him. So whatever work you're doing, whatever work God has called you to, we want to operate and be women who walk with God, who abide in him. Like John 15 talks about women who work through him, through the power of the Holy spirit, through the wisdom he gives. We're not sowing to the flesh here. Um, we are sowing through the spirit. We're working through the spirit. So things are from him through him and back to him. And so, um, and then we can offer, we see in Romans 12, one again, like we can offer our bodies to him as, as living sacrifices of, as our act of worship. And so I love to think about how through our callings, whatever, whatever that is, you offer it back to the Lord as worship. And so yeah. if you use your voice, if your ministry and your work is speaking, offer Lord, here's the words in my mouth. May this be worship to you. If you are sitting at a desk and you're typing emails, let your hands worship the Lord through typing those emails with a heart of like, I'm going to serve the other person who's going to receive this. How can I even pray for this person as I'm sending it? If you're a nurse and God's called you to, to walk the halls of that hospital, those feet are going to, you're offering those feet back up to the Lord. Lord, help me serve these women. Help me to be a light to you. Um, these yeah. feet are yours today. These hands as I put the IV in. Lord. So I love thinking about all things are from him, through him, and back to him. And that's even what we do every single hour of the day. It's all for him. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that so much. 
Well, the last question that we ask at the end of every episode has to do with the theme of the podcast, which we talked about before we hit record, which is comes from Psalm 34, 5, which says, Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. And the question I love asking is, what about Jesus makes you radiant? I love I love the name. I love the theme. I love the verse from Psalm 34. Um, and I love thinking about our, our countenance shining yeah. the light of Christ, right? He tells us, you are salt and light in this world. And there's so much darkness in this world. What a privilege it is, right? To be a light in the darkness. Um, yeah. So just first off, I love I love the whole concept of that. Um, I was thinking about what makes, what about Jesus makes me radiant? I feel like when I am, I've talked a lot about this in this podcast, but I really think that being dependent upon the Holy Spirit um, yeah. is where it's at in the Christian life. Um, so as I think about walking in the power of the spirit, taking steps of faith forward into what God has called me to. Um, if we're not really doing that from a place of faith, right? Um, we in weakness, really, God, I don't know if I'm up for this. I don't know if the words yeah. I'm going to say are going to make sense, but I'm looking to you. I'm depending upon you. And so I feel like when we're really on mission with the Lord through faith, dependent upon him, he gives us so much joy as we're taking those steps of faith. And so I feel like so the joy, joy of the Lord um, I mean, Nehemiah says it's our strength. And I really do feel like it, he makes us radiant with the joy he gives us as we're abiding mm-hmm. in him and walking in him and obedient, uh, to what he's called us to do. I mean, just like I was saying, I was, I was in the airport this weekend and it's amazing how just having a pleasant, yeah. <laughs> just having a pleasant look on your face, it's kind of surprising to people. Right. Just I kind know. of smiling and doing a little nod. Hi. Or I mean, people yeah. aren't they really keep to themselves and they're staring at their phone. So if, if you actually just look people in the eye and just yeah. have the, a countenance of just joy, just a simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really do think in our culture today, even that small gesture, like it says it makes an impact. Yeah, I agree. The Lord really convicted me last night. I, I too was on a plane yesterday and I just, um, it was a nightmare. I got, I got canceled and bumped about three times. I got back about 28 hours after I was supposed to get back. It was just a complete nightmare, which tends to be my luck in Dallas. Um, And so anyway, my last connecting flight, I was sitting beside this college student and we, we got to talk quite a bit, but you know how, when you're on a plane and it can turn into like the hardship Olympics. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody passenger you're sitting by. Yeah. Like everybody can begin to just share their stories of what went wrong and how horrible that particular airline is and all of those things. Right. And the sweet little girl beside me was just, I could tell so stressed out about getting home and she had been delayed like three or four hours, but Mm -hmm. it had just, it had just really affected her. And so there was so much of me in that moment that wanted to be like, yeah, let me tell you what happened to me. Right. And, and the Holy Spirit just like prompted me and said like, Rebecca, can you just hear her? Yeah. Can you just listen to her and just encourage her? And you don't have to like come back at her with what you have experienced. Like you can actually just, you can just listen and you can just hear her and encourage her. And so anyway, I feel like, uh, 
the airports can be some of the most um, convicting and challenging places for our patients and yes. our joy and yes. all of those things. But um, it's funny that you bring that up because that was just But also just really last they night. are opportunities. Um, yes. Because there's not a lot of joy in the airport. There's no. really not. So uh-uh. I feel like if we uh-uh. can walk in and keep it together, um, That's right. the Lord really can use us. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, I am so excited about just having the opportunity to connect with you Mm -hmm. and hear more about the work that God has you doing, which I want all of our listeners to hear about. So tell us about your book. Tell us about Women in Work, all the things. Okay. So first, Women in Work is a nonprofit. So we are an organization that seeks to inspire women to confidently step forward into their God-given calling, whatever that is, whatever work it is that he's called you to do, and, um, and, and view it as meaningful to the kingdom of God. So what you do, like I said, if it's ministry or just not, what you do every single day matters to what God is doing in his kingdom, in the kingdom of God. And so we have several initiatives that we, um, ways that we go about, you know, seeing that happen. We have a podcast as well, where we interview women and all kind of work and hear how they're really integrating their faith and their work. It's super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing we're most excited about right now is, um, we have our own book coming out. It releases June 13th. It's called women in work. Bearing God's image and joining in his mission through our work. And so we have 10 contributing authors. It's a collaborative book. And so I have 10 women who each wrote a chapter about a various topic of women and their work. And then I was the general editor. I had the privilege of really casting vision for the book and then editing uh, these wonderful, it was a dream. Some of these women I have been reading. That's awesome. Elise Fitzpatrick was, I literally read her counseling books in seminary as textbooks. So for yeah. her to have chapter one in, in this book is, it's the Ephesians 3.21, the Lord go yeah. above and beyond uh, anything I could ask or imagine. And so um, we're so excited. It, I mean, like I said, we cover, we give a biblical foundation for really the theology of work that work starts in the Garden of Eden. And we tend to think it's like, a curse, but it's not actually work existed in the paradise of Eden. Of course, uh, the fall happened. So it tainted everything, including our work. So we give a biblical theology of work. And then as the book progresses, we talk about how, um, to live it out, practical tools for living it out. And that's for mothers. We have a chapterhood on motherhood. We have a chapter on also, um, it's called the grace. Um, Oh gosh, what is it called? It's about being single, um, the grace and the, oh goodness. It's about grieving, basically. This Joanna Meyer, she's awesome. She um, shares about her life as a single woman and how she really didn't want a career, but that's what the Lord had for her. So we cover Mm. a broad range of topics. We've even got a chapter about our female bodies and how we show up to work in female bodies. Hannah Anderson wrote that chapter. It's genius. Honestly, it really blew my mind. Um, we talk about identity. I mean, it's just, it, just anything that has to do with work and womanhood. It's in a book. So I would love for your readers to check it out and pray that again, that fruit I'm praying the Lord will bring fruit in, in the lives of these, these readers. So I'm so grateful. excited for you friend. Thank and you. I feel like this book would be such a great, um, such a great, like, cousin book to do the thing. So for listeners yes. who are coming to the conversation and maybe you're wrapping up, do the thing. And you're thinking, man, I just want to go deeper into, as you were saying, the biblical theology of what our work means. Yeah. I think that would be a beautiful compliment to do the thing. So 
if you want something to add to your reading list, go grab a copy of Women in Work. That's the title of the book. That's yes. the title. Yep. Yes. So I just could not be more excited for you. I can't Thank wait for you. it to be out in the world and to see how God uses it. And I'm just so excited for you guys. I love that it's a collaboration book. I think that's really special. And too. it's so great to hear the perspective of different women as it pertains to work. So that's awesome. Yes. Thank you so it. much. We're thrilled. Well, well, I am just so excited to share this conversation with our listeners, and I know that God's going to use it um, in a big way, and I'm just so excited to connect with you and welcome Definitely. you to the show. So again, thank you for being with me today. Just my pleasure all around. Thank you. I hope you love that conversation with Courtney as much as I did. Go grab a copy of Women and Work. I think it is such a beautiful thing to pair with Do the Thing as you are reading. So I hope you find so much encouragement there. And join me next time as we're going to be sitting down to talk all about Chapter 8 of Do the Thing next week. I'll see you then.